everyone, and welcome back into the everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, welcome into the BT Powerhouse podcast. Um, it is Wednesday, March twenty first, two thousand eighteen. Um, should be a uh, a fun one here. We're continuing on with our. Uh, Excuse me. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to rush in here. Um, I'm Thomas Bendit, and we'll be continuing in on our Sweet 16 preview coverage today. Uh, yesterday, we went through the Michigan and Texas A&M matchup, and today we're going to be talking about the Purdue and Texas Tech game. And to join us, we have Jay from our SB Nation Texas Tech site. Jay, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, before we jump into things, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, a little bit about your site, and um, I guess how the, the Texas Tech fan base is feeling coming into this big weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so my name is Jay. I, uh, I'm with Viva the Matadors, so we're actually the uh, sister site for, I guess, your site, uh, except for instead of Purdue News, it's all Texas Tech. Um, to tell you the truth, uh, you know, Tech fans are super excited right now. I think this is our first Sweet 16 birth since 2005. Uh, we're feeling more healthy than we have in quite a while. And I don't know, just amped to see what happens Friday. Definitely nervous. I think it's, it's on everyone's minds uh, as we go through the week. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's been an exciting season uh, for the Red Raider fans. You know, the the team starts at 14-1, and one, which includes wins over Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State. Um, two, two Sweet 16 teams there. Uh, also Nevada, another Sweet 16 team. So hot start, things cool off a little bit. But the team ends up having 23 wins in the regular season. Um, they split their games. You know, they win the first one, lose the second one in the Big 12 tournament. What was kind of the sense of Texas Tech uh, coming into the tournament? Um, how did fans feel about the season? You know, obviously with a fast start, things cooled down a little bit. But what was the sense coming into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned the hot start. You know, that was probably the only part of the season until now where we were at full strength with the full roster. Uh, right during, I guess, maybe this, uh, the early part of the first half in that Kansas game, we actually lost Zach Smith, who is one of their, uh, I guess, a post player, about 6'8", super athletic. He, before Zaire Smith kind of came on the scene doing 360 hoops, we, we all thought that Zach Smith was the most athletic pro- player to come through the program. Um, he gets hurt. We, I mean, it, it was a huge impact. I think we, we reeled a little bit. I think we lost to OU, had a couple close games, and then I guess right whenever he was coming back, you you saw some, you know, Keenan Evans essentially get hurt. Uh, I think every fan in Lubbock would say that we probably beat Kansas and Lubbock if Keenan Evans had been he- healthy, and I think we all feel pretty good that we beat Baylor on the road that night. Um, so, you know, overall, as long as those guys are healthy and at full strength, I, I think that, you know, we're, we can compete with anybody in the nation, and, and I think that's what Tech fans are saying right now is, uh, you know, Evans and Zach Smith. I mean, everybody just seems to kind of be coming along. So we could be fortunate and, you know, maybe our record is, you know, we're still a three seed, but, um, you know, maybe we feel a little bit underrated up until now. So 
hopeful is maybe the way to put it and, and cautiously optimistic. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about what obviously has happened over the last um, couple of days here. Uh, <laughs> you know, you guys open up, you're a three seed coming in first matchup against Stephen F. Austin. Um, I know there was some discussion about maybe that's an upset pick, but not a super popular one. As far as I'm aware, Texas tech takes them out 70 to 60. They move on to the round of 32 where you guys tight battle uh, against Florida end up getting a, a three point win there against the Gators. Um, what, what were, what are your thoughts, I guess, regarding the first two wins? How impressive is this? How well has the team been playing in the NCAA tournament? Yeah. So I think with the Stephen F. Austin game, I would liken it to maybe you guys facing off like Indiana state and, you know, look, you just don't want to play some in-state school where, you know, maybe some players that went to per- or went to Indiana State wanted to go to Purdue and they maybe didn't get recruited. So anytime that you have to play like an upstart, you know, more localized team, look, it, it's certainly not ideal. Um, you know, obviously we took care of business. The game was honestly close until the very end, and we, we sort of pulled away, which is, is what uh, I expected to happen, kind of like in, in a football game where the maybe the, the underdog hangs around for the first half. The the Florida game was great. You know, Florida is uh, look. I, I didn't really know a ton about their team, be you know before we played them, but they they essentially went toe to toe with Duke. They beat Gonzaga. I mean, they beat a bunch of really really good teams, and I know you guys know all about that uh, the Butler team, and I think they beat those guys too. So, you know, we I definitely was was very nervous about that one. They had great guard play, distributed their scoring super well, and, and they were one of those teams very similar to you guys that look if if you guys are stroking it from three point land, you shoot fifty fifty five percent from uh, from long range. Look, you're going to probably beat anybody in the nation. It's just, it's just how it goes. So, you know, we did a great job of limiting the perimeter game, and you know, truth be told, we we didn't even play our post players except for Zach Smith, but for eight minutes that night the entire time. So, I mean, it was all. You know, who's got the best six five to six seven wing type uh, slashers, and, and who's going to essentially have the ball last? And so, I don't know if you watch the game, but that's essentially what happened. Is you know we got to stop at the end, and you know I think that most Tech fans would say that we had Keenan Evans, and you know simply put, Florida didn't. So definitely, definitely tested though coming into this one. Certainly. Uh, so two big wins. End of the story. You know, however it goes down. Um, Texas Tech has earned its way into the Sweet 16 where they will match up against Purdue this weekend. Um, well, I guess Friday. But before we get to that game and, and kind of what to expect there, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Texas Tech as a team. Um, you know, per Ken Palm, you know, Texas Tech, fourth-rated defense in the country. Offense not quite as high, but still a top 50 unit. What are some of the strengths of this team? Stylistically, how would you describe it? And what are some of the weaknesses? Yeah, so, you know, from a strength perspective, I, I think what is is interesting, you know, we start three, uh, you know, seniors or basically four-year players in our starting lineup, and then we have two super freshmen who uh, ironically are second and third in the team in scoring. So in terms of, of pure athletic skill, I mean, this team, look, they're long. We, we love to have a player that's anywhere from 6'5 to 6'8", We'll often roll out lineups where our tallest player is 6'5". Um, we're not super great shooters. I would say that we're, we're a below-average three-point shooting team. Um, in our perfect world, we want to be, you know, throwing it up, getting breakaways off the seals, and letting our defense create for our offense. 
uh, we don't press or anything like that, so it's not like a West Virginia type of situation. But, you know, look, we're, we're definitely pretty ferocious in the half court. Um, you know, we do our best to contest every single shot. So, you know, look, if you can make a shot with your hand in, with a hand in your face, you know, we'll, we'll let you have it all day. But, you know, we just want to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Uh, you know, weaknesses-wise, I'll be totally transparent. It's what has me nervous about this game. The teams that have really taken it to us and, and honestly beaten us down have been the teams that have uh, elite post-play. So, you know, Mo Bamba, whenever we played down in Austin, uh, just absolutely worked us all night. Uh, he might have only had like 15 or 16 points, but he might as well have had effective 50 points for the game. Uh, Iowa State had a kid like Cameron Lard, I think his name was. He just took us to the shed in Ames, as well as in Lubbock. Uh, Oklahoma State had a great kid who could could do some work. When we played Seton Hall, they had a double double machine. I think Delgado is his name. He he part of the reason we lost that game. So you know, with Purdue having maybe just one gigantic, massive, immovable object in the paint, it definitely fares better for us than the alternative. But you know, if, if the Haas kid, I believe his name is, is, is able to play, you know, based on what I've read about it, uh, you know, look, I, I think he's good for 18 to 20 points and, and probably 8 to 10 rebounds. And, look, if you guys get that from the low post, I'm sure you would take it all day. And, and that certainly would affect our, I guess, offensive goals, if, if that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, he his status is still up in the air, and I'm I'm referring to Haas here. Uh, his status is still up in the air. He didn't get to play last weekend with the elbow injury. I th- I think the odds are he's not going to play, uh, to be honest. But Purdue's engineering department is apparently working on a brace to try to get him in. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, but it will be interesting uh, to see. And you know, you mentioned um, the defensive intensity. You know, Texas Tech, really, really solid defense across the board. Um, you, you mentioned they, they might be a little vulnerable to post play. Um, is there anything else uh, defensively that, that you've noticed a lot about Texas Tech, um, about how it approaches it? Because, you know, Purdue has relied a lot on Haas this season, but assuming he's out, um, how, how do you think they may try to play Purdue here? You know, Carson Edwards, um, Purdue's uh, guard is, is probably the main the main guy here, but Vincent Edwards, that's who I'm really interested to see play against Texas Tech. You know, a relatively athletic uh, stretch four-ish guy. Um, he's six eight, but uh, he, he's a natural small forward. But they play him at uh, power forward. Um, how do you see him matching up? A guy who can shoot, a guy who can drive, um, a little bit of a more diverse forward. Yeah, I, you know, if I had to speculate, you know, I would say, uh, you know, Coach Painter probably went to the tape. I, I would say maybe he looked for the Kansas game uh, whenever those guys came to Lubbock. I, the reason I say that, so so Kansas had one post player throughout the year, essentially, that was worth his salt, this Ozabuki kid, uh, which is similar to maybe which all are going to roll in with just the one post player. But then they had a ton of guys who could, you know, knock down threes and, uh you know, basically, if you gave them an opening, they were going to drill it, you know, at a 40% clip. Um, that's how Kansas beat us. You know, they they had a slasher type in Devontae Graham at point that was going to get them into the paint, and then if he didn't have it in the paint, then he was going to dish it out outside. Um, I would say the forward type that you talked about, you know, a guy who can kind of stretch the floor. Uh, I see probably Josh Gray or, or Zach Smith or maybe even Zaire Smith matching up on him. What's kind of cool about the roster is – 
with those types, you know, like an athletic forward. Uh, we have multiple guys that can guard that just based on how our team is constructed. What we don't have a lot of is, is like I said, true post players that can take over a game. I mean, those guys are just they're super, super streaky, and, um, you know, it, it's just not something that we do that we're regularly going to try and you know, work it into a five and, you know, let them go to work. If anything, that, that almost never happens for us. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, you know, look, you guys had 30 wins, so – you know, we might not be effective. You might be able to execute your current game style on us, and we might be able to do nothing about it. Um, I don't know. I'll be honest. I haven't gotten to watch a ton of Purdue basketball. I'm sure, unlike you, you probably haven't watched a ton of Tech Hoops. So it's, uh, I don't know. For for fans, I don't know if any of us really know what's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think everybody, um, you know, not, not a ton of crossover for uh, Texas Tech. Um, to the Big Ten and for Purdue to the uh, Big 12. So this should be in a, a wild one. Um, but I did, I did want to ask you a little bit about the other side of the ball. We've talked about, you know, when Texas Tech is on defense and Purdue um, is on offense. But I wanted to ask you about when Texas Tech is on offense going against Purdue. Um, Purdue, solid defensive team, but not nearly as good defensively as they are offensively. They've shown, you know, some capability to give up stuff on the perimeter. Um, it's hard. It's hard to know what what's going to happen with the Haas situation. Um, but uh, generally, Purdue has been pretty good down low. What do, What do you anticipate on this side of the ball, and how do you think Texas Tech is going to try to attack Purdue? If we do what we've done all season, um, I think what you'll see in the first half is you'll see us essentially attempt a bunch of three-pointers. Well, maybe not a bunch, but I could see us attempting anywhere from 8 to 10. Um, if we're banging them down, then it's something that will continue for the rest of the game. Uh, typically, the barometer for that is you'll see, I don't know, it's crazy. Zaire Smith shoots like two three-pointers a game, and he always shoots one pretty quick to start the game, and then you'll see what Jarrett Culver is doing. If, if both those guys are, are hitting their looks, I think you'll, you'll see us do a lot of you know, swinging the ball around, trying to get them open looks with the ball movement. If they are unsuccessful and we're just really not hitting our jumpers, then you know I think you're going to start to see as the game gets into you know maybe the second half or as people start to rack up fouls, you know, Keenan Evans is just going to try and drive it into the paint and you know force contact. And the, the crazy thing about it is as the tournament has gone on and even the Big 12 tournament at the end of the season, I mean the guy he just takes over games in the second half where you know for a fact he's not going to pass. He's going to sit there and he's going to try and get in an ISO situation and he's going to take you to the paint and he's going to try and draw a three-point play or he's going to try and get somebody into foul trouble. Um, I wouldn't say that offensively there's anything necessarily that we do that is just outstanding or great other than we play very above the rim. So, you know, if essentially you leave kind of a wide-open look and we can get an alley-oop, I mean, shoot, we'll try to do it five or six times a game. Uh, if you'll give it to us, obviously. But but otherwise, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would say based on your defense, and I, I know you guys are very effective. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see. You know, sometimes we're just very streaky, and it's it's not unheard of for us to come out and shoot 40% from the field, go 20% from three-point land, and, you know, we're going to have to survive on Keenan Evans trying to, to manufacture all of our points. And, you know, look, we're, we're super susceptible to losing when that happens, especially if you guys are making them. So, um, I don't know. I, you know, I, like I said, we're, we're kind of super 
all over the place offensively. You know, I, I would say, you know, if we got the motion working, you know, you know how that goes. You, you'll definitely get your open looks. It's just a matter of hitting them down. Definitely, yeah. Uh, makes sense. Uh, I did. I did want to ask one more uh, sort of schematic X's and O's question here before we talk about some big picture stuff. Keenan Evans versus Carson Edwards. Um, I don't know if this is just me, but this seems like one of the best one-on-one matchups uh, of the tournament. Um, really, maybe of the entire season. You know, Keenan Evans, outstanding player for Texas Tech the entire season. Carson Edwards, um, one of the best guys in the Big Ten, one of the best shot creators I, I think Purdue's had in a long time. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Uh, do you have any predictions on on how it will go? Um, or should just people grab some popcorn and uh, buckle up? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the cool thing about uh, I guess Carson Edwards, I think he's uh, I think he's a Texas kid, so you know I'm sure that he'll you know be amped to come out. And I don't know if he was offered by I think I was checking his profile earlier. I don't think he was offered by UT or A&M or look up until this year. Tech hasn't been like a big time basketball program, but. I think he'll – there's got to be a little bit of a, you know, show everybody what they missed out on. So, I, I think Edwards will, will have his. I'd be shocked if he doesn't put up, you know, 20-plus. And, you know, I think he's going to get plenty of shots. I know – I mean, look, he's he's a great player. So, you know, from a from a defensive standpoint, I, I would I would speculate that we'll probably try and run Naeem Stevenson on him a lot. He's, a, he's one of our seniors, great on-ball defender. And then I would say, you know, Keenan Evans will probably catch him one-on-one a few times too, just whoever's more effective throughout the game. That's typically uh, what we've seen from, from how we guard the point guard position all year, those two guys. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Um, I'm excited. I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. And, you know, I'm interested to see what Texas Tech does because I I mean, I, I don't want to badmouth Butler. Butler's a really nice team. They had a great season. You know, they're top 25 um, on Ken Palm this year. But Purdue has not faced a great defensive team so far in this tournament. Um, and the reason why I, I think that's important is because without Haas, we're not totally sure how this offense is going to look against a really good defensive team. Um, the last really good defensive team Purdue faced was Michigan in the Big Ten tournament where they uh, lost. So, We'll see what what happens here, but I'm really interested to see how Texas Tech defends um, an offense that that's probably going to be pretty predicated on Carson Edwards without Haas down low. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, but with that, let's take a, a, a slight step back. Um, I want to talk about some big picture stuff. You know, obviously Texas Tech, not the most decorated basketball program. I, I think you mentioned, you know, they haven't been uh, done too much um, until this year. Uh, what would a trip to the elite eight mean um what would a potential final four mean uh to this program well we've never made it past the sweet 16 in the school's history so elite eight final four um that's all hallowed ground that's i mean you know it's stuff we've never been to so obviously it would be monumental um from a you know, coaching standpoint, we actually, I don't know if you saw it in the news, but we did lock down Chris Beard for another, you know, five or six years. And we paid the man over $3 million a year, made him one of the top paid coaches in the country. Um, from the, the biggest impact that I would see for us, is it would be on the recruiting trail, you know, to come in and essentially go from, 
and Toby Smith left us in a good place. Look, we made the tournament that year. Ironically, we lost to Butler. Um, and then Chris Beard came in last year, and they kind of the wheels kind of fell off at the end of the season to, to then go potentially to an Elite Eight, Final Four, NCAA championship if we're just super, super fortunate. Um, I'll tell you the truth, though. I think most fans of Lubbock are probably content with where we are now. Uh, you know, look, me personally, will I look back on this season and say, wow, you know, that team, that's one of the best teams in school history. Like, 100% will say that. Um, at the same time, I think we also recognize the roster that we have right now, which is, you know, a collection of, you know, great senior leadership, a guy who, you know, can create at the end of the game. Very similar to what you have with Carson Edwards is a guy that you just want to have the ball with a minute left and you're down by one, you know what I mean? Uh, And you also kind of see that the momentum has trended your way for the whole season. So, you know, it'd be crazy. Uh, I'll I'll tell you the truth. I I don't even know. I don't even know what I'll do. Uh, Truth be told, somebody asked me that. They were like, what are you going to do if you make the Final Four? I, I can't even can't even think of what that would feel like. So up there was maybe when we made the College World Series of baseball. Yeah, and I mean, it, it would have to be pretty special considering since San Antonio, I, I would think Texas Tech would have a pretty good showing um, if if the Red Raiders did, you know, make it to the Final Four. But obviously a, a long way to go. Um, huge game on Friday. Any final thoughts and predictions on this Purdue-Texas Tech game? And uh, do you have a pick at, at this point? Uh, I think Vegas had it as like one and a half or two points. So, you know, given that, I think, I think nobody, I think what we're all trying to figure out is what's the impact of, of Haas being out. Um, and, you know, equally, uh, you know, we know that the big 10 maybe wasn't the best this year. And then you also know that Texas tech has dealt with some injuries. So is it possible that, you know, one group is, you know, maybe a little bit overrated or underrated going into the game. I mean, there's a lot of factors and intangibles in this one. You know, look, I'm a Texas Tech fan. I certainly think that, you know, we have a great chance to win. Uh, If you made me pick, of course, I'm going to pick Tech because I think it's it's truly 50-50. I don't know. I'd be curious. You know, what are you thinking? Are are you willing to release it on this this podcast? I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think right now I'm I'm with you. I, I think it's a coin flip. You know, Ken Palm has it. Uh, 72-69 Purdue with a 61% chance for Purdue, but Ken Palm doesn't take into account uh, the Haas injury, so you'd have to think. I mean, with that injury, it's basically a coin flip. Um, I think for me, I, I think I would lean Purdue a little bit, um, but sure. it's, uh, it, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't think there's any real favorite in this game whatsoever. Uh, I could see it going either way, and, and really I think it's going to come down to um, that Carson Edwards, Keenan, uh, why am I blanking right here? Keenan, um, yeah, geez, I'm forgetting the best player on the team. Uh, <laughs> um, Keenan Evans matchup. I, I think it's going to come down to who can make a big shot or two down the stretch out of those two. And, you know, both of them have shown the ability to do that this season. And, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. And, you know, maybe that's not saying much considering, like, uh, Loyola Chicago is, is in the Sweet 16, but hey, I I think this is going to be a high quality game, and I'm excited. But um, but before we let you go, uh, Jay, any any final thoughts here? And tell us a little bit about your site. Where can people check you out? Uh, are you on Twitter and um, anything else that you like to add? Yeah, I, I guess I, I do have a question because 
you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot of tech fans would be curious of too, if, if they're listening to the, you know, the other side of this, but, you know, based on what I described, you know, discussing essentially a team that's, you know, great defensively, super athletic, um, in your experience for this season, how has Purdue played against those types of teams? And, you know, would you, if you had to compare us to somebody that you've played from an opponent standpoint, is there anybody that stands out? I'd, I'd just be curious to hear that. Um, otherwise, yeah, check oh. out viewofthematadors.com. Uh, my name is Jay Burris. Feel free to toss me a follow on Twitter. I don't do a lot of in-game stuff, but uh, feel free to follow our handle. They're, they're a riot. They'll, they'll definitely get you, get you to laugh a few times. I think it's at the Viva, at Viva the Matadors. Is their handle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as your question about, you know, how is Purdue done against some of the more athletic teams uh, it's faced? Um, well, I, I think that the team, the couple of teams that pop out, you know, they faced Arizona earlier this season. Now that get matchup was in November, so I'm not sure how relevant it is to now, uh, especially adding in, you know, the uh, Haas injury. Um, but they did play Michigan State. It was a very back and forth game, and and frankly. It, it is a little hard uh, to say what they're going to look like just because we don't know how they're going to look without Haas against a really good defense, but the offense is elite. I mean, Carson Edwards can create just about any shot he wants. Um, Vincent Edwards is a, is a really uh, diverse player in the sense that he can rebound, he can pass, he can shoot. Um, he's not necessarily dominant in a specific area, but really good across the board. Um, and then they have those guys, uh, a couple shooters, you know, a guy like Klein, a guy like Matthias, both guys that can shoot. Um, I, I really think it's going to come down to can Purdue get anything inside, assuming Haas is not playing, which I think they'll get some. Um, I don't know how much uh, with Texas Tech, you know, a, a pretty physical team by all accounts from what I understand. Um, so I, I, I think it should be interesting. But um but with that, uh, Jay, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it, and uh, have a great night, and obviously uh, enjoy the game on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck to you guys. <laughs> thanks. We'll see you. Bye. Um, and as a reminder, everyone, that was uh, Jay. He writes uh, over at SB Nation's Texas Tech site. Uh, as he said, you know, some of the information about um, that site, strongly recommend checking them out if you're interested in the Purdue-Texas Tech game this weekend and or um, just about anything that happens in the Big 12, they, they'll get you uh, covered. But, you know, as I said, I, I think this is going to be a very tight game. I don't think there's a clear favorite coming in, barring a miraculous Isaac Haas injury or <laughs> injury recovery. Um, I, I think it's going to be even across the board, but I think this is going to be a high-level game. I think both teams have, you know, that, uh, that extra edge um, that maybe a lot of others don't have. Um, and I think there are going to be some big shots down the stretch. So I'll be excited to see it. But with that, we're going to call it a night. Um, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Um, strongly recommend checking out BT Powerhouse over the next couple of days. And tomorrow it resumes. The, the madness is back. But we'll see you guys next time.